Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I want to talk a little bit about uh, residency rejection surprises and a little bit about uh, how hard it would be to get into medical school if you did want to go. I got a couple of emails uh, from the last podcast like, oh, you know, well, maybe I won't go, to, didn't do residency, but maybe I could go into medical school. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about both. So let's first start talking about uh, the residency rejection surprises. I think that many of you have maybe worked somewhere or done appy somewhere or really thought you had a good relationship with a place and find that you're rejected. Or maybe you had a good experience with a number of VAs or something like that and you applied to the VA and they turned you down. You're like, what what is going on? But other places have seen that you are a good applicant and, and have provided interviews. Uh, so again, I know that these surprises kind of come up and that you tend to dwell on the rejections more than the acceptances. But again, it's the match. It's more of a people thing than a place thing. And I'm going to guess that it had a lot more to do with one or two people that are there than it had anything really to do with you. Uh, for those of you that are kind of finding out now, it's February. Uh, it might be time to start looking at phase two. Again, I have the phase two cover letter course. The way I run it is uh, you sign up for the course. We immediately do something, which is to uh, revise your cover letter for whichever site you uh, wanted the most. And what you have then is the template, your unique template, uh, to start working on the cover letters when we go into phase two. Uh, but I'm only going to be able to take a certain number, probably no more than 20 students for that one uh, just because it is spring break and everything has to be done over that weekend uh, and promising 24-hour turnaround uh, makes it a little bit difficult so I'll probably have to limit that so if you're interested in help with phase two I can do that but um, you know I would I would do that sooner than later uh, but let's talk a little bit about uh, medical school versus pharmacy school uh, pharmacy school has this thing that they put out and uh, as a pre-pharmacy advisor uh, I, I saw this thing and what you really want to do when you see something like this is is really look for what's not there and as we get into medical school stuff you'll see uh, how very different uh, these things are so um, <coughs> sorry when you look at the application cycle uh, it goes for nearly the entire year so mid-july to the end of june and obviously that varies by school and maybe i can actually make this a little bit bigger you can see the the top part here and then i'll, I'll go to the bottom part and kind of comment on that this says you know how many pharmacy schools are there how many schools are in the farm cast and you know there are 142 schools uh, there are some uh, that have not uh, been able to get their accreditation uh, and so 134 FarmCast, uh, 8 non-FarmCast. And then how many FarmCast applicants are there? So 13,324. Uh, at the bottom in kind of little asterisk, there's uh, this is 2020-2021 data. Uh, so this is last year. Uh, this year, uh, applicants are down by somewhere around like 8 or 10%, something like that. So again, it kind of fluctuate month to month. Uh, and I'll you know have a number for you uh, later on. And then how many FarmCast applications are there? So 36,006. And to give you the stark contrast uh, to this, it is absolutely obscene uh, how different we are than medical schools. And when you first hear the applicant number, I don't think you're going to be too shocked. But when you hear the application number, uh, I, I would absolutely be shocked. So 
Um, and again, this is data for 2021, 2022. So our numbers will actually be a little bit lower uh, because this is 2020, 2021 data. Um, so here are the medical school uh, numbers. Uh, so the total applicants, 62,443 compared to our you know, 13,324. So you say, okay, well, you know, 62,000 divided by you know, 13,000, it's maybe like a quarter, you know, so there's maybe a little over close to five times as many people apply to medical school as get into pharmacy school. But here's where the big contrast is. So medical schools accepted 23,711. So when you're talking about percentages, okay, you have 23,711 over that 62,443, and you see an acceptance you know, the ones that accepted right around 38%, okay? Uh, it's not on this sheet, but the percentage that were accepted last year was 88.6. And that's a 1.8% increase over the year before. So if we're going at that kind of 2%, we should expect it to be closer to 90% uh, next year because uh, this applicant number is going down somewhere, somewhere between 8 and 10%, so like 1,300 fewer applicants this year, something like that. Um, so when we look at these and we say, okay, well, can I get into medical school? You, you cannot look at getting into pharmacy school and getting into medical school as similar things because... When you get to the number of applications, so again, there were 13,324 applicants and you know 88.6 of them got in, but there were only about 2.7 applications for each one. When you look at medical school, and I had to do this math twice, when you look at medical school, they say, and again, you know, it's the internet, so, you know, who knows, that the average medical student applies to 16 applies to 15 or 16 programs so for 2018 2019 AAMC reports an average of 16 uh, programs so this is here from the princetonreview.com so application 16 applications per applicant well let's do the math on that 62,443 times 16 that's 999,088. So close to a million applications, just, you know, a thousand short of a million applications versus 36,000. And that is a crazy difference, right? That, that is an, an insane difference. But let's actually take it to a little bit of a different place and let's think about residency. When you're going into residency, Okay, let's pretend that all 13,324 applicants were applying to residency instead of pharmacy school. How many is the average? And the average there is about 11. So when you talk about 11 applications, that would bring it up to 146,000. So much, much higher number. So what I guess I'm just trying to say is if you're thinking about applying to medical school, um, you've got to think of yourself more as, okay, GPA-wise, am I where a medical student would be? And the good news is, is that at, that data is actually really easy to find. So when you look at medical schools and their science GPA, it's right around a 366 and it just went up you know, 0.01 to 367. 
and then their non-science GPA, 3.82 versus 3.83. Well, how does that compare to the pharmacy students that got in? So again, 366 and th or 367 and 383. Uh, and then for pharmacy school, it was Three one seven and three three two. So, uh, you're really talking about you know kind of an is that an A minus or a B plus? All right. So, I had to kind of refresh my brain on that. I, I do it all the time as a uh, I I give grades, but I don't necessarily calculate GPAs. So the undergraduate GPA of three point three two is right around a B plus, which is three point three. Uh, and then a science GPA of 3.17, uh, that's getting closer to somewhere between the B and the B plus. So the B is 3.0, uh, the B plus is 3.3. So it almost kind of splits the difference. So it's kind of like a half B plus or something like that. When you look at the med students though, and their, their applicants, uh, you see that it is a 367. So a 367 is a close to that 3.7 mark, which is an A minus. And then that 383 obviously is somewhere around, you know, between an A minus and an A. So let me tell you how hard that is to actually get though. All right, for simplicity's sake, what we'll do is we'll just say that you took 30 classes and, or 40 classes to make 120 credits, each with three credits. Obviously we know that's not true, but you would need to get an A in 30 of those classes and nothing less than a B plus or a B plus in 10 of those classes. So 10 of the classes you can get B plus or above and then all the rest have to be A's. So when you're talking about those students and their grades, they are absolutely insane. So if you are, you know, kind of that 4.0 student, and I know there are many of you in pharmacy school, then you're in good stead. You know, medical school is certainly something that's a possibility for you. And uh, it's unlikely, of course, that you're getting you know, turned away from residency. But that would be the level that you need to be at is to have that, you know, kind of 3A3 overall and 367. The other thing is you need an undergrad degree. Now, many of you already have that. Uh, you just kind of came to uh, pharmacy school a little bit later. Uh, but if that's something that you want, then just know that to get to medical school, you have to be that high. The unfortunate thing is, is that if you're not there, it would be extremely difficult for you to get there because uh, the number is so high and you already have so many credits. So uh, again, just kind of wanted to just give you kind of an overview of, you know, kind of the comparison there. Now, in terms of uh, age, uh, medical school applicants are going to be a little bit older because uh, they all have undergraduate degrees, uh, except there's some times where you can get like your first year of med school is your fourth year of uh, undergrad. Uh, but you would expect that the average age is going to be a little bit higher. Uh, I didn't see much of a difference between race, ethnicity, and even sex, though uh, females comprise a little over 50% of med school app um, successful applicants where uh, in pharmacy school, it's closer to 67%. Okay. Uh, top majors, uh, biology, I thought this was weird to see pharmacy as a major, but I have seen those as undergrad degrees. Uh, chemistry, biochemistry, and pharmaceutical sciences, that's kind of a disappointment uh, because what we've done is we've kind of pigeonholed uh, those 
very sciencey groups, and we don't have, and of course I'm really biased. I have an English major. Uh, or an English undergrad, that we're, we're really kind of uh, not focusing on those liberal arts uh, students that could do a great job, but, you know, most English majors don't take organic. So that's, that's kind of understandable. Uh, biggest uh, states in the country uh, line with um, where people are coming from. That makes sense. And then these tips, some of them don't really make sense, but uh, as I go through them with the, the students that are, that are thinking about pharmacy school. So uh, school requirements are a little bit different, but it, what you really want to do is research school achievements. And so you want to have the, the NAPLEX scores and the residency match rates and those things available. Uh, carefully read all FarmCast instructions. Yeah. Apply early. That is false. Um, you can apply early to some places, but uh, when you have, you know, acceptance rate closer to 90%, you should be applying widely. That's the word they should be have there. They shouldn't have early. It's apply widely. Um, because what you want to do is you want to apply to many schools and figure out, you know, which one's the best one. And then, you know, in terms of residency match rates and Netflix pass rates and then your tuition, you know, which one is going to be the best of all all those worlds. And, and significantly, um, you have a significant chance of getting uh, acceptances to the places that you would want. Uh, let's see, uh, PCAT scores, that's uh, required for less than a quarter of the schools now, so it's, not even, it's almost a non-factor. Uh, write an original essay, not really sure about that one. Um, request evaluations, at least, yeah, so all this stuff's kind of um, intuitive. So anyway, uh, kind of going back to the, the whole beginning of this, which is, you know, what to do with um, you know, the rejections. Uh, yeah, medical schools may be a possibility for those of you that are high GPAs that maybe didn't interview well or, or for whatever reason didn't match. Uh, but if you are thinking about phase two, feel free to give me an email at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com and I'll, um, you know, kind of talk to you about your situation and let you know whether, uh, you know, phase two is something that would make sense for you. But I will tell you that my bold prediction, and I'll talk about this more in another episode, is that phase two will have significantly more openings this year than it did last year. And this is what my logic is, that we've seen a decrease in the number of applications per site, but the sites aren't really inviting many more people than they did last year. So I think that there are going to be many more top students rejecting sites. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a surprise to those sites uh, that they didn't go deep enough into their rankings. But I think that the applicant pool uh, is going to continue to um, uh, maybe dwindle in its quality uh, as we really start getting into that. You know, we're, we're already at, you know, pharmacy schools accepting 83%. And once we get, you know, closer to that 90%, um, we, we've seen it already in some of the PICOA scores, early PICOA scores, uh, people that are going to be graduating this year where uh, it just kind of falls off a cliff. And although PICOA scores are not really well correlated with the NAPLEX, uh, you're just seeing that um, when you accept close to 100% of the students that are applying, it, you're just going to have people that are going to struggle uh, with the basic sciences. And, you know, I, I would argue that maybe maybe we should start thinking about pharmacy differently because really most of what we do has very little to do with chemistry. It has a lot more to do with rhetoric and 
that word is usually used the wrong way, but um, really persuading patients, okay, well, all right, why don't you want to take your medicine? Okay, well, let's see what we can do about that. Or talking with health providers, okay, well, you know, I, I can see where you're going with that and that line of treatment, but this is why I would recommend this line of treatment. And those types of conversations come from strong backgrounds in the liberal arts and communications and those things, which are completely devoid in the pre-pharmacy. Uh, and I, I'm just not sure how much you really get of that as, an, as a class uh, in uh, pharmacy school, because we always have those kind of really weird pharmacy specific classes, the PHARs or PHRs or however they do it. Um, but uh, I really think bringing the liberal arts back in is, is going to be a big deal. So anyway, get off my stump there. Uh, but you need help, Tony the Pharmacist at gmail.com.